I've got a seven-year-old, and he has really deep grooves on his back teeth. The other thing is, he loves sweet stuff. And the stickier, the better. So this kid is waiting to get cavities. But here's the thing. I want to put some sealants in those grooves. I haven't been a huge sealant guy in the past. I've seen way too many of them kind of poorly done and then have giant cavities underneath them. So I've been a little skeptical. But Premier has a new product out. It's called BioCode Bioactive Resin Pit and Fisher Sealant. What's cool about this, there's actually a lot of things that's cool about it. First, it has what they call smart cap technology. So within the resin, it has these little teeny micro bubbles that are porous enough to let out materials like fluoride, calcium phosphate, that sort of thing. Things that remineralize teeth. But also, they allow you to put it back in with like a fluoride rinse and stuff. Very cool stuff. It's highly filled with tons of compressive strength for a sealant. It flows really nicely. And it's bubble-free. I've used it a bunch. The stuff is great. It works like every other sealant you've ever used, except it's just better. The technology's better. Better stuff. This smart cap technology, you're going to see it in a ton of products coming up. But they started with BioCoat uh, Pit and Fisher sealant. You should try it. Go check it out. The link is in the show notes. And uh, I think you're going to find this is the best Pit and Fisher sealant you've ever used. Premier Dental Products. Inspired solutions for daily dentistry. Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello, and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. My name is Alan Mead. I'm your host. I'm a dentist, a podcaster, and an occasional bookkeeper. And uh, joining me today, my host for the Alan Mead Experience, is Jonathan Van Horn. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. So if I'm not mistaken, you are in Arkansas. I'm speaking to you in Arkansas, correct? Yes, through the, the mysteries of the internet. The mysteries uh, we, we, of we, the interweb. We can, we can connect Arkansas and Michigan just uh, very easily. I know, right? Like, I think you're the only person I actually know from Arkansas. I'm sure that that actually has to be wrong. Someone will email me and say, what are you talking about, <laughs> a jerk? But, but, like, I don't have a huge Arkansas connection besides you. So, um, you know, there's not very many people that have uh, that many connections to Arkansas. You know, we're pretty much most famous for uh, the Razorbacks and, and Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton yeah, and Walmart. Still- so well, that's true. Yeah. Walmart. I mean, I, Walmart's everywhere. So that's a good point. I forgot about that Walmart. And, um, but no, that's, that's very cool. I now Jonathan's been on the show before he's an accountant. He's not a dentist. So we already like him that much better for that reason. Um, uh, as always, I'm, I'm, I'm always the, the life of the party. Yeah. So. But yet he's in the <laughs> dental world in a big way because you're, you are a dental specific accountant. Is that correct? I am, yeah, absolutely. Do you ever do, do any like dermatologists ever slip in and and have you do their stuff, or are you all dentists all the time? All dentists all the time. Uh, just only only like to hang out with the cool kids. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. you know it, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got a couple. I got a couple old friends that were, you know, uh, friends from college and things like that. That are you know like attorneys. They own law firms, and I helped them a little bit just here and there, just because. Uh, I'd be a jerk if I if I didn't help my friends. So, uh, other than that, though, but we've got uh we've got about uh you know ninety nine percent of our, our revenue comes from dental clients. Okay, okay, I I find it interesting. Okay, so I'm I'm picturing young Jonathan who just celebrated a birthday. Was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It's it party central over uh, here in Little Rock. You know yeah, it, they, man. You know it. I saw I saw the photos. It was a party. Yeah. You come on, you come on Facebook. You see two things from me. You see uh, me promoting my podcast, and you see pictures of my kids. Your kids, I know exactly. <laughs> it's kind of true. I get it. So, okay, I'm I'm picturing young Jonathan in school, uh, deciding he's going to be an accountant, and mm-hmm. um, so you you come out a burgeoning accountant. I'm assuming you took a bunch of business classes and specialized mm-hmm. in account. Is is accountancy like a, a is it a is it within the business school or is it like a separate major on its own? I don't even know. I suppose it depends on the school, right? Yeah. So accounting is a, is, is a, its own degree. It's a bachelor's of science. And okay. then I went ahead and got my master's in, in taxation. So, oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah. And, and you then, are you are the life of the party, aren't you? Master's man, in taxation. Yeah. We, I, I just hang out in the corner. And I just uh, <laughs> thoughts in 40s. I got a green visor. I take everywhere. 
I'm just, master's uh, the master of taxation. Wow. So, okay. the universe last time. So you co- you're finishing up your master's program. You're like, you know, it's time for me to take over the world in, accountant, in accountancy. Mm-hmm. Yep, who, exactly who are my who are my victims going to be? How did you choose dentistry? What what was what what about dentistry was was the the thing? So yeah, it wasn't you know it, it, I didn't just jump out of school and then and then start a firm. Uh, I, that would have been, probably been a, a poor poor life choice. I actually went to a, a, a you know a big CPA firm had a hundred CPAs and staff. It was actually the largest CPA firm in the state of Arkansas, which you know hundred CPAs is is not a, a giant firm, but for the state of Arkansas, it was pretty big uh, and. Uh, went to work there, was working in the corporate boardrooms and, uh, didn't really like it that much. Uh, my parents were small business owners. My grandparents were small business owners. My parents owned a furniture store. Grandparents owned a, uh, manufacturing company, uh, for, uh, uh, bottling Dr. Pepper products. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, and so I, I grew up with, uh, just, uh, absolute tons of Dr. Pepper. So I uh, guess, we, yeah, we, all we had to pay for, for, for sodas growing up was sales tax. And well, so that, I had a thus, had that family relationship. Did you also <laughs> then have relationships with dentists as a dentist as a child? That's yeah. the question. You no, know, I'm, you know, I don't, I, I know I, I see people on dental, since I'm in the dental industry, I'm on all the Facebook dental boards and dental town, things like that. And people laugh about, you know, uh, you know, people saying about their, you know, being born with teeth or whatever it is. But you know, I've only had two cavities my entire life. So, <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Uh, I, I, yeah, I've been pretty lucky with that. Uh, so, and I, I drink just a, an insane amount of, of sodas uh, from the time I've been born. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, regardless of that, uh, you know, went through a BKD and didn't really like it. I wanted to move more towards small business because, uh, you know, that BKD was the name of the firm. I don't know if I, I, I named them earlier, but uh, we ended up going to, um, I ended up going to some smaller firms. And I like that, but uh, it wasn't really for me because they were generalist CPA firms. And the way in which those models were built for those generalist mm-hmm. CPA firms just were not in line with like what really my, my core values and what really interests me in the CPA world. So like the general CPA world, a lot of those firms are built around you know hourly models of you know, we get people in, we bill some time, and we make money that way. And typically, the like the profit margins on a general CPA firm are built around, you know, a, a third goes to staff, a third goes to overhead, and a third goes to the owner. And that model is it, it makes sense. Like you, people make money doing that, and so that's that they build firms around that 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 model. But that was twenty, thirty years ago when mm-hmm. that was that was the case. Mm-hmm. Nowadays technology is so cool and like it allows you to do so many things that you couldn't do beforehand that it it can make the whole model a lot more efficient. Mm -hmm. But what I was facing in these older firms was, um, these guys didn't want to change anything. They didn't want to be more efficient because guess what happens if you all of a sudden can do everything 25% faster and you're billing hourly. Uh Aha. Sure. You, your, your revenue goes down. I get it. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was, I just can't stay. I, I can't like my OCD, like mine is like, no, this is not optimal. I can't do it that way. Uh, I don't want to do it that way. And so I always kind of knew I was going to do my own firm. Um, but I didn't know how that was going to happen. And, you know, basically we inherited, uh, I, I was managing a firm at the time, had about 150 business clients that we were helping out, you know, all the way from, you know, an oil company that did a billion dollars a year in revenue. Oh my gosh. Down, down to hairdressers that were doing, you know, $20,000 a year in revenue. Uh, and I worked really, really hard for those clients. And I, I really cared a lot about my clients. And you now I was ahead of all the tax planning and the, uh, for the, for the owner and the business. And I was ahead of all the, uh, compilation accounting services, a lot of contractor license reviews and, um, payroll bookkeeping. I was ahead of basically all of it. Uh, and, um, you know, the model, is typically that the owner hires staff mm-hmm. to work as many hours as they can because again, you know, they make money based off of how many hours you sure, work. Sure, sure. And so, you know, I was working, you know, something like 25, 2600 hours a year and, you know, billing out at least 2000 of those and, you know, I was working really hard at it and I was trying to do as good of a job as possible for these clients. 
And what was happening was, is that, you know, you couldn't spend enough time per client uh, because of the fact that you were dictated by that hourly, what hourly budget and you couldn't do things efficiently. So you had to go and do it kind of the hard way or in my mind, it was the hard way for them. It was the normal way. Sure. Um, and so we uh, had a dental client, you know, every, every, every general CPA has a few dental, dental clients. And yeah. there's just so many, so many dentists out there. It's impossible to not have some, uh, or it's, it's rare that you don't have some. Uh, and so we had a dental client come in that we had inherited, which means when you say inherited, it means that they were with someone else and they come over to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw the tax returns that they, they had completed, and it was done by a dental CPA firm. Uh, I didn't know what that was at the time. I looked at I looked at the, the, the firm up. I assumed it was going to be somewhat of a fly by night kind of company. It was a, it was a firm that charged. Uh, $10,000 to do the tax return, which was way higher than what our fees were sure. at, that, at that current firm. Because here's a secret for you guys. Uh, every time a CPA inherits a client, the first thing they do is they look at how much they were paid for paying <laughs> the other CPA yes. so, that they know, so they know what their budget is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so we looked at it and, uh, and I looked at the return and the planning and everything that was done with it. And it just wasn't done very well. I mean, there was a lot of mistakes made from a, from an accuracy standpoint. The planning wasn't optimal, uh, and there was a lot of issues with the return. And so, I talked to the client about it, and you know, they there's a lot of things the client hadn't been communicated with and educated on that you know needed to be done that had cost that client a lot of money over a long, long period of time. And at the time, I assumed that this firm that was, that I was looking at was a just this fly by night type company um, that had charged you know had basically sold this person a, a bill of goods. And when I looked up the firm, it was actually a, a very well respected firm. Uh, it had a lot of a lot of staff, and I mean it was almost as big as the biggest CPA firm in the state of Arkansas, the one I talked about earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, wow, there are. A lot of people that must use this firm if they have that many people on staff. And so that kind of opened my eyes to that part of the world. Uh, me being a contrarian and not wanting to like follow other people's paths, uh, we did something similar but different. You know, I, I, I knew what niche-based businesses were, uh, but we I, I started a new company called The Dentist Accountant. So The Dentist Accountant mm-hmm. and the, the premise was is that we were going to help all these dental practices that were um, you know, trying to do roll-ups. We were going to help them with uh, mergers and acquisitions, sure. helping them value practices. I went out and got a, a, a license or a, a certification to value businesses called an, uh, an ABV accredited sure. in, in business valuations uh, so that I could help value businesses, help these people acquire these practices and you know, build up these models to be able to do these roll-ups and things like that. And we basically became outsourced CFOs for dental practices at that point. So okay. that was our model. Yeah, being an outsourced CFO for dental practices. And it was fun, but it ended up being a little bit more, um, it, it, it ended up being a better value for the client for us to teach them things than it was for us to do things for them. Okay. Because ultimately what would happen is we'd come up with an analysis, we'd come up with an idea, we'd come up with some type of solution, and then it would be up to the dentist or the CEO to implement them. And it was rare that they'd ever implement anything and me, again, being like the OCD, <laughs> like efficiency related person, like I can't stand people paying me money and then not, and doing they're not using it. Oh, my God. And I mean, I, yeah. I know I understand that as a dentist that that has uh, here's the thing. I don't get into those things anymore because I I know in advance I want to implement <laughs> it. So I, I, I it's like I know my yeah. weaknesses. I'm I'm change is like such a weird thing for me that. Yeah, I so I can see where that would be very frustrating on your end of things. Mm. And so we scaled back at that point. We said, OK, why don't we be more educational based? and do the other things that we used to do, which when we were doing all these things as well as like an additional service, doing the accounting, the bookkeeping and, uh, you know, payroll and bookkeep and and, uh, uh, bill payables and all those kinds of things Mm -hmm. we're doing. We said, okay, why don't we just scale everything back and stop doing as much analysis of the the practice management numbers, leave that to the consultants and we'll do the bookkeeping and the accounting. We'll, we'll, we'll teach our clients about financial management and then we'll also do the tax stuff because we're really good at that stuff too. Uh, And so that's how we became dentist metrics because, and also I'm really bad at naming things. Like I, I I like, (laughs) I, I like the names. I like the names that my kids ended up with. Yeah. But, um, uh, my wife probably has more to do that with that than I do. Uh, but as far as naming businesses, I'm terrible at it. Uh, so the dentist accountant was the original name of the company and everybody thought that we were a uh, dentist trying to do accounting. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and dentist metrics, everyone thinks that we are uh, a software company, which we, of we, course. Uh, 
not. So, I get so it. but anyway, yeah. We're, so we're a dental CPA firm. We've got clients in uh, some somewhere between twenty and twenty five states. Uh, we help out about a hundred practices right now. Nice. So yeah. So that that, that that's the, that was the birth of that, and that was about four and a half years ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah I'm terrible at naming things, also. So it's. <laughs> Uh, it's so so hard. Well, okay. Uh, so I, I like the Alan Mead experience. I, I like your intro music too. I felt like I was about to play the, like a level of Mega Man or something like that. Yeah, I, it's 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 kind of a cross between like a video game. Someone else thought it sounded like a, a morning show. Like a, like the intro was sort of like a like a Bob and Tom in the morning kind of thing. Which I sort yeah. of I sort of appreciate that. That's kind of the the cheese factor. Now, when I named this, I named it uh, I named it really really grandiose to as a mm-hmm. joke. I hope that, and, and I, I tend, I haven't heard anyone look at me like, wow, you really think a lot of yourself, but, but I, <laughs> I, I fear that, it, I fear that it could, uh, dental hacks was a horrible name. I still, I still say it's a horrible name. The idea was being like life hacks and it made perfect yeah, sense, except yeah, for yeah. the fact that we have to explain it every damn time we say it. Yeah. But the, you know, the story is it, it, it stuck. We couldn't, we had too many, <laughs> we had too many listeners and too many downloads before we could come up with a better name. So there you have it. I, I love the dental hacks. It adds like a double entendre that you have, you know, it could be the hacks as far as like, like life hacks. And yep. It could also be like, Hey, we're dental hacks as in like, you know, we're just the, the hacks. Yeah. Like, you know, well, and it, it really, it really has, it, it has a life of its own that way. So it's okay. And what's really funny is with the Facebook group, um, they, I mean, people in the in the Dental Hacks Nation Facebook group, they they start post, hey, hacks, you know, like in other words, the whole group is sort of, yeah. and so now now like it's it's sort of taken on it's taken on a life of its own to be sure. And uh, uh, it's a way it's a way of not taking things too seriously too. Whenever you, whenever you you call everyone else a hack as well, and definitely, you, you self, definitely, self identify as a hack, and it's like okay, you know, we all realize that you know we <laughs> life's too short to uh, hold ourselves on the top so. of a pedestal. I think uh, so. I but- remember, I re- I remember in the, in the group when someone someone announced they're leaving, uh, and oh, gosh, that was one of the funny one, one of the more funny uh, experiences I, I've had in on Facebook or in any group. That being said, and that that's a perfect illustration of like who is not a hack, someone who does take themselves that seriously. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's funny. It is. I guess it's it's a it's a, a life lesson though that when you are naming something, especially when especially when like we didn't know it was going to become what it did. So we didn't mm-hmm. think that hard about it. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I, I it was Jason's fault. Jason came up with it, and uh, and I loved it. From I'm like, dude, that's great. That's fantastic. Let's do it. And then like, and actually, we we used to not have a space between dental and hacks. It was all smushed together. That was mm-hmm. my innovation, which was stupid, and we finally fixed. So so I'm just not good at naming <laughs> things. I'm just gonna say that right now. I the my practice. I named just like every everyone in the world names that Mead Family Dental is my practice. I hate that. I hate it. And again, it's too. I can't change the name now. I can't. Yeah, it's too my, late. Like I'm in. My, oh, I hate that. Yeah, my wife tried really hard to get me to, to name the, the the firm Van Horn CPA, and I was like, oh, I just, that's 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 too that's too easy for me. I'm I'm too big of a contrarian to do that. Yeah. I, in in retrospect, it would have been great to name something less specific so that it wouldn't matter that the the name isn't attached. But what do you do? It's you know, so many people from my dad's generation just just said you know their name DDS you know PC mm-hmm. and that was it. So. Yep. And it, it's not wrong. It's just it's. Eh, I wrong just feel, I feel like we can do we can do better now though. I really do. But it, in any case, it's funny to think how how much thought or non thought can go into naming something. I mean, there are literally yeah. companies oh, that you could pay I, thousands of dollars to help you come up with the right name, or you could be like us, who are like, yes, for this, you know, it's, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> Yeah, for me, for me, it was <laughs> the Dennis Metrics was the culmination of, of many days and weeks of, of stewing and writing yeah. things down, yeah. coming up with brainstorming things, and it, it, it was terrible. I, I wish I had the notes back of, of the original I, other ideas I had. Like oh, I can't even remember some of them. I'm sure they were just horrific. You know, it's really funny too. If if you're a, if you're someone who I I have this thing where I wake up in the middle of the night with an idea and I'll buy a URL and that's usually what lets me mm. get back to sleep. I'll buy the URL. I have yeah. like I have this list of stupid URLs that seem like a great idea at about two o'clock in the morning when I couldn't sleep. You know, like mm. oh, I'm going to start this new website. Or I'm going to start this and and it is funny. You go back and look at the graveyard of URLs that you bought and then of course they come up they come up for renewal and you're like well. It's only $9. I, I, it's, yeah, it's 9 but <laughs> maybe I'll use it. So I've, I've got this long list yeah. of stupid URLs that, that I've not, I'm not going to use. And, oh, it's, just, it's just sort of funny. It is, I clearly have um, – have, I've got to come to realize that not every idea that I have at 2 o'clock in the morning or in the shower or driving to work is brilliant. Yet you get wrapped up in the idea and then you can't like, let it go. It's weird. I think, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's part of my process is buying a URL. Then I, then I can let it go. 
I think that <laughs> it's, it's a stress reliever. It's, it's your own. It is. It is. It's the car- catharsis of the idea. And then I can just leave it go. And then I forget about it until a year later when it <laughs> comes up for renewal. I don't know. I, I might be, I might be uh, doing a little therapy here on the LME experience. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> That's what the experience actually is. It's yeah. therapy for your It is exactly. Years. That's the secret. The secret is out. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jonathan, tell me this. Dude, what's the advantage of using a dental specific accountant? Like, if you're if you're a new guy and you're like, well, you know, I need an account. What's what's the advantage of using a dental specific accountant? So I can talk about this for a very long time. I, 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 out, figured, like, I, I figured. I figured. I, I think I put. A, I actually put an episode about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that's like over. It may be over an hour long. Of me <laughs> Seven just rambling, hour, multiple me just chapter, rambling yeah. and yelling at the wall about you know what 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 all is right and wrong with that and why you do or do not need one. And I'll tell you the advantages. The advantages are. Um, it's someone who's going to be familiar with your with your with your business model, mm-hmm. or ho- hopefully, hopefully. Um, <laughs> I mean, unless you've uh, named your like, practice yeah, really badly. Yeah, I'm sorry. Dental CPA is somewhat of an, of an ambiguous term. Of it's people that help dental practices, but some people don't. I mean, some people people help in different ways. So mm-hmm. whenever I built my company, I built it around the premise of that dentists needed help with the business. Um, not that they needed someone to save them tons of money in taxes. Mm-hmm. And the reason I came off of that assumption was because I put my heart and soul into my clients whenever I was at that other firm and I was doing everything I could possible to save them money. And then I get into this industry and I, I hear all these people talking about how, you know, oh, my CPA can saves me this much more money than, than, than regular CPAs. And I'll be honest, I get really pissed off about it. Like I get really mad because I, I um, I guess I'm competitive too, so that might be a reason I do that. Sure, uh, sure. Shouldn't like bother me, but the the reason being is because like, there's no secret to the tax code. Like there's no secret dental specific tax code where that doesn't uh, apply to the rest of the population. Oh only, really? Uh, yeah. I, I, mean, thought, I thought there was like a special couple pages that only like if you've got a certain amount of amalgam dust in your hair that'll open up or something like that. Yeah, there, there's no there is no section DDS. Yeah. The, the <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, um, you know, really what it is, is that, you know, that, that notion I think is something that is just has been, um, someone had a really good experience with the CPA and, uh, they, and that just turned into the culture of people assuming that that's what dental CPAs did. And I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that, that, that toot the horn that that's what they do, that they, that they save you more money in taxes than other people. And I'm not saying that they don't save you more taxes than bad CPAs. <laughs> there you um, go. I 100% agree that there's a lot of people out there that save you more money than bad CPAs. But the notion that there is, you know, dental CPAs are, you know, miles and above going to save you more money than a good general CPA is completely fictitious. Um, there's, there's, there's no, I, I, I'd be willing to, to gamble all the money I will ever make that that is not an accurate statement. Okay. Um, so, and, and, and all, all, all the dollars, all, all the tens of dollars yeah. uh, <laughs> that I make from podcasting, I'll put into the pot right now. Very, okay, fair uh, enough. <laughs> so, um, you know, advantages to me are that you have a group of people that are your peers that have utilized this person and have had a good experience. Um, I say this all the time, like the challenge that comes from being uh, a, a recipient or a client of someone giving a service uh, is that y- if it's a very technical service, you don't know if you're receiving a top 10% technical service or a bottom 10% technical service. It's a lot like dentistry. Yeah, uh, Your patients don't know if they come in and they got like, you know, world-class service or I'm sorry, world-class technical ability, or if they've got, you know, bottom 10% technical ability. No, that's right. That's right. They know it they, didn't hurt and they liked you. That's that's all they know. And they know they had a good time. They know that the people were nice to them. They know that the people that they helped you pay the bill correctly and that it, they they were they you know had gave you a good experience. They gave you a good Alan Mead experience, if you will. I see. Um, I see what you did there, yes. <laughs> yeah. So if you as a dentist don't know a whole lot about the internal revenue code, you know, you can just if you're receiving good service then what else do you know? I mean, you don't know. There's there's no way for you to really know for three or four years after you've joined up at the practice uh, if you're receiving good service or not. And then if you don't receive good service, 
um, and you don't, and then it comes to light that you also re- received bad technical advice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what you, you go to a different provider and all the people that were left with the original provider typically don't ever become any of the wiser. That's right. So it's, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, maybe, but, maybe even more so than like a dent going to a new dentist. Cause at least the new yeah. dentist is going to take x-rays of the, of the stuff. I mean, like literally the only thing, the only thing you would have from a new client is, is their, you'll, I mean, you have private access to their, their past returns, but that's about it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so it's, you, you can look at their tax returns, you can talk to them about things and say, did you ever do this? They were talking about this. Well, you know, why did you ever take this deduction? Why is this on here? Why is this not on here? You know, did you know about this? Did you know about that? And it's basically communication. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, the, you know, dentists as well as CPAs included are not always the best communicators. Uh, I'm, you know, I, my wife is the first one to stand up and scream at the top of the mountain that I'm not the best communicator. Sure. Uh, and you know, the strength of having a bunch of other peers around saying, Hey, you know, we think we're getting good technical advice and we know we're getting good service is of high value Yeah. to me. Yeah. That that's of high value. This is, a, this is, is what, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. And so, the, and to me, that's what a dental CPA does now based off of my, and, and that was, that was that, that's what I came, have came up with basically over the years of, of figuring out why people should use the dental CPA if they're focused on tax, um, rather than focus on the business, mm-hmm. which again, we you know we kind of, one of our main points is focusing on the business and helping people with the business, uh, and, and just educating people in general about the business of dentistry, because we find there's a, a big, a big knowledge gap of that in the industry, uh, especially for the younger people, which is, you know, of oh, yeah. our hundred practices, probably 80% of them started or acquired a practice okay. with us in the, in the wings. So, uh, that's kind of our niche within this niche, if you will. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, as far as the, the advantages, um, to me, they should be, ve- they should be giving a very high quality service, which means they're talking to you, they're communicating with you, mm-hmm. they're taking your situation into account, they're, give, they're talking to you multiple times a year about what your potential liabilities are, as well as ways to potentially reduce those liabilities. Um, they are, you know, they're setting you up with you know, different ways for you to be able to reduce those liabilities and you are receiving no surprises. Um, does that mean, you know, does that mean you're still going to be able to figure out if they're, they're good at technical advice? Unfortunately, it's really not. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to know, you know, other than a warm, fuzzy feeling inside, if you paid less in taxes than you should have or not. No, I um, get it. Unless you start learning how to, you know, read a tax return. And I, and and, that's just it. I'm, I, I feel like as a dentist, I've been doing this for long enough to know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know any more than I already do. I, in all yeah. seriousness, there, there oh, might man. be people who revel in that, but I'm like, man, that is like, that is like the last thing I just do what he says. And that's what I do. You know, simple as yeah, that. Yeah. Listen, it's funny, the, the communication thing, the communication thing is really interesting that you bring that up because, um, the classic example of, of everyone who has a frustrating, I mean, I want to segue away from that, but I do want to tell you a little communication story. It's a perfect place to segue actually. Sure. But like, I think the classic miscommunication between accountant and dentist is when the dentist comes closer to the end of the year and, and owes a lot more than they expected, which has to be like the accountant's nightmare. I mean, I, I because I don't think any accountant revels in, in doing that. Like, like you know, I, I'm sure every accountant has been stuck accidentally because they uh, the dentist may have had a better year than they realized or a better quarter, that sort of thing. And I, I feel like that's like when you talk about it being a communication thing, I completely agree with that. I think it has more to do with communication than anything else. I do too. And that's another reason I don't like the, the hourly based model. Um, I feel like that is a, a, a dissuader of communicating. It's like a negative Pavlonian response. Interesting. Yeah. Of like, hey, okay, I call and I get a bill. I email and I get a bill. They call me, I get a bill. They email me, I get a bill. I mean, it's like, you know, that's, that's like legal. Yeah. That's why, that's why a lot of people, including myself, avoid using lawyers for anything because it's just, like you can't even. I think if you think about them, they bill you something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, 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 that, that's how I think that's how it works. I, I one time thought that that uh, emailing a quick note would be better than calling. <laughs> no, it's not the case. <laughs> yeah, apparently. But uh, sometimes, and then they're not particularly transparent about the way that they charge you either. So I, it would be refreshing to run into something like that. But okay, so let me talk a little bit about communication and failures in communication. Um, I had set this up with you earlier this month, and. Um, and, and in reality, you texted me, God, I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago, 
because uh, I forgot completely. I had it set up on the cal- I had it set up on your calendar, and I forgot. And I was totally I was like not even close to a computer's complete. It was completely like gone, right? And I got to tell you that that um, this happens. That particular thing where I flat out forgot and missed it doesn't happen very often, but. Like I, we get emails with the, with the whole podcasting thing and and trying to arrange. You know, we a lot of times have multiple people on the show at once and and calendars and stuff like that. And I and we get emails from people that that are interested in finding out about the show or being on the show or setting up something for the. And, and um and you know what they're there, but it is easy for me to forget stuff. And I feel like I I really okay productivity software or or getting things done style software or, you know, app to help or reminders or anything like that in, in Gmail, all this stuff. I have this sort of hodgepodge of failing system to, to, (laughs) to keep my calendar, my day planner, like my, my, my time management is poor and I'm easily distractible. And so I get like, there's so many things I want to get done and I don't do it all that well. And I'm, I guess I, uh, I'm, I'm curious about, do you have any hacks or any any particular things you use to help keep your day? Because you obviously talk to a lot of different dentists and have to keep stuff into. Like, how do you do that? I, I know that I know that when I've been on your show or scheduled for you to be here, you have a uh, like a little online app that that basically allows me access to your calendar and it sets it up. But I'm just curious, like, how do you keep track of you, of all that stuff? As an accountant, you must have a lot of that. I'm curious. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm a pretty big efficiency geek, uh, and you know my my world is dictated by my calendar of, of a, you know, of a typical 40 hour work week, usually about somewhere around 50 to 60% of that is, is meetings or, or phone calls. Sure. Um, and now, so, by the way, that's my definition of hell. Cause most of the time meetings, <laughs> like I just, I went to a Michigan dental association committee meeting and I always mm-hmm. think, think to myself, why are we having this meeting? Like, what are we getting done? And, and, and why are we talking so much? But, but anyhow, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, our meeting, the, the, the way around that is to, is to make sure your meetings are purposeful, uh, which all, all of mine are. So I'm not I, I don't I don't hate that. Fair enough. Um, do, do I get tired of talking sometimes? Yeah. But uh, I, and which is funny because I, I'm like a super introverted guy. Uh, and actually, I guess that's not completely accurate. And those uh, those tests you take when you're in school, mm-hmm. I was actually right in the middle of introverted and extroverted, um, which is kind of strange for a guy that has like, you know, 100 hours of, of podcast episodes out there yeah to, no. to say i don't don't really enjoy talking all that much but uh, i guess i like asking questions more than i like talking um so you know what i do i use google calendar uh because we use the gmail suite in my in my, my my company okay um i live and die by my calendar um i have a written down uh sorry i'm swaying it back and forth a little bit um i have a written down uh, to-do list that I update every day at the end of the day. Uh, and I schedule out what my next day is going to be the day before so that I can have a very you know purposeful day. Um, when you say I, written down, that is written down on a piece of paper. Is that piece right? Of paper. Yeah, Ooh, piece of paper. Old school. I like that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very much a, 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 a tech person. Like I, I got a new computer. I built it by myself just because I built all the computers I've ever had in nice. the past for the last you know, 20 years. Um, and I just really enjoy that type of stuff. Um, I love digital. I'm glued to my phone way too much. Um, and to be honest with you, that's the reason I like the pen, the, the pen and paper notes as well as to-do list because it's separate from all that. It's a, it's a, it's a mental separation from it and, and physical separation as well. So what I do, you know, my, my uh, efficiency way of doing things is I have um, I have a whole system as a giant system. And, I, and for most of you guys, it probably won't be very applicable because you're probably not dental CPAs. Sure. Uh, and so um, every day I have my, at the end of the day, I have three columns of my to-do list. I have a work to-do list. I have my special projects work list of like different projects I'm currently working on, uh, as well as a, as a list of just other stuff, which is things like, you know, go to the bank for, April, which is my wife, sure. um, go, you know, do, you know, research how to build a pirate wagon out of a, out of a wagon for kids sure. for Halloween. Uh, just my other list thing. And every day, uh, I base my next day's list off of that to-do list. Um, so I, I pull up my calendar, I start s- scheduling out. Okay. Eight o'clock. First thing I do every morning, I, I enter all my emails. Um, I have it set up on my email inbox where it only sends emails to my inbox at 8.05 every day, at 1.15 every day, and at 4.15 every day. Um, so That's after within I, Gmail? Yeah, yeah. So I 
if I if I um, so I can I, I if I've answered my emails, there's nothing in my email inbox. Um, when I'm in my email, I either answer the email, uh, I or I add it to my to do list, or I archive it. Oh wow! So um, okay, so you have are you working within the Gmail? Like web browser, or do you have a do you have like a, a piece of software that goes? I have an extension. It? I have an extension called Inbox Pause. Okay, um, that I I'm use very that. interested in this. By the way, you yeah. you have my attention. <laughs> well, uh, so Inbox Pause. Uh, I think they actually just got bought out by a company called Boomerang. Okay, I, I know of Boomerang. Yep, because that that's so, the one that allows you to send emails later. Like you can yep, schedule yep. when your emails get sent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't use that one, but that is that is not, I think they I think that now Inbox Pause is a part of that. Uh, so you do have to pay for um, uh, Boomerang now to be able to to use that function. Okay. Uh, but that's so that way I'm not in my email all day long because otherwise I would be. I mean I, I get you know hundreds of emails a day, um, and uh, so either it goes. So I arguably I, I get hundreds to probably thousands depending on how much of it is junk versus. But I mean, in in those yeah, hun- in those hundreds in there, of emails, yeah. I suspect there's probably five of them that I really want to see, and I'm really I struggle because I I am not the inbox zero guy because I uh it's it's oh I'm inbox zero 100. Good for I you. Used to use it, I used to use it as a to do list, mm-hmm. but it just got too too much. And I was I was always glued to my phone if that was the case. So again, now I separate that to a piece of paper, put it in one of those three columns, and then I schedule out my next day at the end of the day for. You know, as much as I can. Sometimes it doesn't work, but most of the time it works pretty well. Uh, and then, um, you know, as far as those projects go, I also like block off like hour spots to say, okay, work on work on a pro- a project for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do that. And then obviously I have you know a bunch of stuff in the work column of like you know review this tax return or you know do this, do that, do that, do that. Well, I, I really I really like that. I'm going to look into this inbox pause thing because I'm interested in that because frankly. I get email all the freaking day, and I'm mm-hmm. horrible at. I'm super easily distracted. Now, here's the other thing. It sounds like you set yourself a time to like. How do you how do you keep off the things that distract? Whether that's Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, reading. Pot, I mean, like, how do you how do you stay focused? Yeah, considering you're a tech guy, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I know that I'm not asking. I'm not suspecting that you're perfect, but you are yeah. better than I am. I know for a fact you're better than I am because I'm the worst about that. To be honest with you, what I do is if I if I finish my task for the allotted time, then that's free time. I do whatever I want. Um, so that's kind of an incentive to also because I'm I'm very meticulous and I don't I overthink a lot of things, um, and so I don't I don't particularly like moving on to the next thing. But having a time constraint already j- jotted down on a calendar mm-hmm. uh, allows me to do that more. And then if I do have if it you know I come across something that has to not take me as long nearly as long as I thought it would. Um, I can, I move on to doing those things that just normally distract me and, uh, you know, I get on Facebook and talk to the hacks group or, you know, send out an email, to my, my, my email list or, or something marketing related or something like that. That's, so, that's yeah. really, I mean, that's really cool. Here's the, here's the question. Here's another question because mm-hmm. what, what happens, particularly if I'm putting together a presentation or something in a creative fashion, I'm not going to say podcasting as much, but a lot of times I think it's going to take X amount of time and it takes X plus two like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not necessarily good at, at figuring out exactly how long tasks are going to take. I will say this yeah. in dentistry, I've got that part figured. I've been doing <laughs> it's repetitive enough where, I, and and I typically have a pretty good handle on that. But but like um, I was putting together putting together slides for for my last presentation. I always think I know how much how long it's going to take, and I'm oftentimes wrong about that. So mm-hmm. how, how do you how do you what happens when you haven't set aside enough time to get the thing done, and you're meticulous about your time? Then what? So I am not one to keep things on a to-do list up until the deadline. Mm-hmm. So, um, sorry, I, I guess t- we can't be friends then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, uh, I like, I really like getting things off my to-do list, which you, me talking about this now, I realized uh, like, Oh, I, I need to put something on my to-do list for next week that I have to have done next week. Uh, and, um, what I do is if I don't get it done in the allotted amount of time, I just, it just stays on the to-do list. And okay. I just, the next day, I put that as a higher priority than the. Are you other one item. of those guys where it's incredibly satisfying to be able to cross things off the to do list? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's really it funny. kind of sure. is. A lot of times, my tasks are too big to be on the to do list on their own. They really need to be divided up into into smaller pieces, and that's mm-hmm. that's where the struggle is. I and I have to yep. tell you that the written thing I, that sticks in my craw because I'm notorious about losing stuff. But but I think there might be something. Okay, so I have an iPad Pro with the pencil. 
and, sure. and you can write on it. My handwriting is mm-hmm. atrocious too, by the way. Like that's, that's uh, one of the reasons. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like I like computers so much because I can type like the wind, and my handwriting is horrible. But but I mean, like the to do the written to do list, I might have to try it, or maybe I'll have a variant of it where I actually write it on a. And what I do is I actually, you know, I use a legal pad for all of that, and then I rip off the page as soon as, as soon as I'm finished with it, put it in the pile, and at the end of every week, I scan all those pieces of paper in, uh, and then upload it all to Evernote. Okay, that's keep- okay. That, I was getting there. So you do use you use some kind of digital filing system too, and Evernote's yeah. your thing, huh? Mm-hmm. And then I just throw all the pieces of paper away. Okay. All, so all, I have I have a yearly paid subscription to Premium Evernote. I have a yearly paid mm-hmm. subscription to. A, uh, something called Workflowy, which is literally the best outlining software. Like you can, it's it's one of those things where it's it's just a framework of outlining that's really brilliant. You can use it in a lot of different ways. And now here's my problem: I'm stuck between Workflowy and Evernote. Like <laughs> like there's there's some perfect things about Evernote, the, not the least of which is you can use the camera on your phone and cr- make a document out of anything, right? Like yeah. anything. That's Join brilliant, us. right? Like. And you can even go in and mark it up with a pen if you want to, uh, in some ways. Now, there's there's better apps on the iPad for that than Evernote, but but you can do that. But yet, Workflowy has such a lovely way of outlining. I kind of need to, and I'm stuck between them. And the other thing is, is that when you're stuck between, it's easy to not use either. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie yes. to you. And then, like I said, Gmail and and actually specifically Inbox by Gmail has some pretty cool features too, particularly in reminders that I really want to use. So I'm stuck between those three, and I just have a it's like I'm an aspiring productivity guy, and I don't do, but I really need to too because this podcasting business, uh, like I said, <laughs> the fact that I completely missed yours really told me like I I got to up my game on this because I got a lot of people that are, if people have emailed me about being on the podcast, it's either one of two things. The first thing is that I think you're not a good fit, and instead of being kind and explaining that to you, I just don't do anything and I leave that email hanging. That's which is. We, 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 all podcast people are, are as passive aggressive as possible. I know, right? It's, it's like it's like it's in the DNA. I'm like, because I don't want to. I don't want to tell you that that it's not a good fit, uh, but yet I don't. I also, you know, so I just don't do anything. Or, or I actually really want to get back to you, and I'm so disorganized, and I'm I, or or I just I, it slipped and it never got into my. I heard a guy by the name of Merlin Mann who podcasts. Uh, he's he's got a lot. He's got a Twitter. He's he's a good guy. He's funny. He's a productivity guy. And he talked about the most important thing you can have, and he's a big getting things done guy, is ubiquitous capture, which is basically when you have ideas, documents, everything like that, what's most important is that you're able to just capture it on the fly with little effort. Then mm-hmm. I think what his, he would say is at the end of the day, when you're trying to put tomorrow's to-do list, you go through everything you captured and sort through it then so it gets put in the right place. And that's in a lot of cases, that's just archival for reference sake. You know, you tag it well and you may never use it again. Yep. I, I love that. And Evernote really is good. With, like you, you could potentially do everything you ever needed with Evernote on that. Uh, yep. I, I've got just a million tags, though. I, I actually have on my to do list to organize my, my tags. I know. I've got, I know. You know, like, I don't know, probably. 1300 1400 written pages of notes yeah. on there at this point. So, oh, yeah. man, I I got to I got to up my game on this thing. And the thing is, you know, at at you know, within the last year or so, um I've had really moments where I'm like, "Yep, this is how I'm going to do it." And then I don't follow through with it. And I am I'm stuck between two really good things. Uh Alan Mead experience listeners, if you have uh I know there are some out there because there's other podcasters who are bordering on obsessed with this too. I know that, uh, I don't know if you remember Dr. Russell Kirk, who was also at the voice of dentistry last year. He's, he's a big, he's a big one on this too. He loves this stuff. So he, he would be a good one to have in this conversation. I guess before we run out of here, I do want to ask you about, um, tell us about your, you were, you were one of the people that presented at voices of dentistry 2017. How did you, what do you think about that? what do you think about that whole meeting? I, you know, I was, I was honored to speak. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny that I ended up speaking about, um, marketing, which, uh, as a dental CPA rather than, you know, business or finance yeah. or taxes or anything like that. And so, um, you know, I, I spoke with Dr. Sean Vandeweyer. Yeah. Uh, you, you uh, got yeah. to be the guy, the, you were lecturing with the mad genius. You got to be the guy who was, who was sane in that, in that twosome. So yeah, lucky you. Yeah. I was I was I was I was the 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 straight guy versus you were the, the straight the guy, guy versus yeah, yeah exactly versus the insane guy exactly yeah 
<laughs> so, um, and, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun. Um, a lot of people asked me a lot of questions afterwards and uh, I was one of those like, well, you probably should talk to a marketing person over me. Well, but, but what's uh, interesting but, though, is yeah. that you take a lot of the principles that people have been talking about for a long time, like funnels and that sort of thing. And you actually do them. Whereas right, a lot right. of, like a lot, yeah. like I got into podcasting cause I like to tell funny stories and fart jokes and stuff. I, and I think you got into podcasting because you realized a lot of the conversations you had on a regular basis would be really useful for potential uh, clients, you know? Absolutely. Yep. And, and that, like, that, like that, it is, that's, it's that's funny exactly because most dental podcasters do it because they feel like they have good information to share with other people. And then I got into it because I like, I like to tell silly stories. I'm not even kidding. Like I, I <laughs> came into it not realizing that I would actually – I mean I, I, I always thought to myself, oh, this would be fun, you know, and I didn't get into it. I'd, I'd love to tell you that I had these big intentions of, of being the, the biggest and best and greatest thing ever. And literally, we stumbled upon any kind of success we had at all because we just, we just had good chemistry and tell a lot of jokes. That's essentially it. So. Well, you've you done a great job with it. Well, but it, 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 I love yeah, it, too. It's, the, it's literally like the best, I mean, the best hobby, the best, the best thing to waste my time with. Honestly, I just love it. Yeah, so Voices of Dentistry was, was a fantastic event, though. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we I got to meet a lot of people that have been listeners for a long time. Uh, you know, we're we're coming up on almost episode 100 at this point. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah, so and plug we, your podcast. Your podcast is the start. Your no, you're you give the whole plug, the whole thing. I want you. I want you to tell the story of how you started it and how people can find it. Yeah, so you know, Start Your Dental Practice is is a is, is a is a podcast for ambitious dentists to learn more about the business of dentistry, whether it be, you know, to be going into the entrepreneurial world. That's really what the focus was, was to teach people about the business of dentistry, to teach people about, you know, to try and close that gap between not being a dental practice owner to becoming a dental practice owner, as well as bridging the gap of being a dental practice owner that just kind of got into it because that was the next step that they were supposed to do uh, and becoming a, a, a really good business person. Uh, and I, you know, like you said, I was, I was that outsourced CFO. We had a lot of questions about a lot of different things. I reached out to a lot of consultants, a lot of people in the industry. And I found that a lot of people were very, very willing to just share a lot of really cool information. And uh, I was having those conversations with people every day. And I thought, hey, some of these are incredibly interesting. And these people are giving this information away for free. So why don't I just record it and then publish it? <laughs> and then that's how the podcast became. And it was meant to be, you know, Start Your Dental Practice is a podcast that's meant to be, you know, an active title. So like, go do mm -hmm. it. I'll just go mm -hmm. become, a, become a dental practice owner. Uh, and, um, everybody thinks that it's about doing startups and dental mm -hmm. practices mm -hmm. and it's not, which again alludes to the original. <laughs> so we're not good. At, okay. People, we're just not good <laughs> yeah. at naming things. Understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and that's our podcast. You know, we've got about, I would, um, I would say that episodes. I would say that I would argue that your, your, your content is very good potentially for startups, but it isn't just for startups because I've listened to yeah. a lot of it and it really is useful for anyone who's running a dental practice and frankly, anyone who's looking to run a dental practice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we've got, we've got people from all over the world on there. It's, it's a lot of fun, um, you know, and, and getting to meet all the, the people at the, the, the you know, being on that edge, on, on that side of the microphone, um, being in y'all's ear, earbuds uh, as much as we are, uh, you know, sometimes you kind of forget that there's people out there. I mean, I, you know, you obviously see the Hacks Nation and things like that, and you'll get emails, you know, every, you know, a couple times a week or something like that. Or, you know, if you're, if you're Alan me, you know, hundreds of times a day. Uh, yeah, not uh, so much, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> and uh, of people, you know, thank you for the podcast, saying how influential it's been in their, in their, in their, in their, you know, journey to, to, to being a practice owner and things like that. But a lot of the time, you know, you rarely get to meet them. Um, I've got clients all over the world or all over the country, I guess and uh, listeners all over the world and you know i don't get to meet them very often mm -hmm. and so I, I get those emails that's a great reminder that they're out there i can look at the the traffic numbers and see you know the thousands of people that have listened in uh and uh but getting to meet them in person is just really 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 was, cool it was very special i agree that's yeah. probably the best and, part of the whole thing and then you guys getting all you guys as in the listeners getting to connect with the other listeners. Mm -hmm. It's just a whole nother level. I mean, it's just so it's so cool that, you know, all these like minded people that, um, you know, are podcasters, mm -hmm. uh, you know, podcast listeners and podcasters. Uh, it's just a ton. That of was that was kind of magic. I mean, that's the one thing that like even if you don't even if you're not that into the podcasts or that into meeting the podcasters or what have you, which honestly, I think a lot of people are. But 
understand that the the other people that are going to this meeting are like you in the fact that they spend time listening to this. They've sought this stuff out and they listen to it. So you're automatically going to have a lot of in common with them. That's what I that's what I found. It was almost like the other listeners were as important to me as as interacting with the podcasters. And frankly, there's tons of interaction with the podcasters. They're they're all in doing the meeting stuff too. I mean, they're all right. Everyone is all in it together. It's not like they're there for their talk or they're there to record their podcast and they leave. They're just part of the meeting. Oh yeah, I mean, you, you see uh, Alan Mead running back and forth, and Mark Costas directing uh, all the different pieces of the puzzles, and uh, and you no, know, they'll they'll talk to you. They're they're there, and oh, you yeah, realize, totally. hey. Hey, every, every, everyone here is is a human that doesn't have a, a stick up their butt. Oh, totally, <laughs> you know? totally. Uh, and they're actually pretty normal people, and they're not, you know, that no, I don't, I don't, I know of zero podcasters that think of themselves as celebrities. <laughs> I, well, totally, uh, totally. Yeah. It's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing when people come <laughs> up and at because, I mean, I really appreciate it. And like I said last week, it never gets old when people come and say they really appreciate what you're doing. But frankly. Yeah, it's. I don't think any of you guys would be impressed with my practice at all. Like, like frankly, most would not. I have no problem saying that. But, but I mean, I we do have a really cool community, and that's where that's this this meeting is. That's where you get to see that community up close and personal. So I really, yes. I really think you should come. If you guys are interested in going too, it's uh, voiceofdentistry dot com. Uh, we are you. You missed out on the chance to get three hundred bucks off, but there's a two hundred buck code for if you sign up, use the coupon code VOD two hundred. And you will get two hundred dollars knocked off the already crazy low price of eight hundred ninety-seven dollars, uh, and I believe that goes till October eighteenth. So this is going to go. This is going to go out next Monday. So you're uh, you're right up in line here, Jonathan. This is you're kind of you're kind of right there. I'm I'm I don't have the content stacked for this one quite the same way that I do the, the, with the dental hack. So uh, this will hey, be going awesome, out bro. soon. So hey, listen, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, clearly, we need to have you on again. We literally just scratched the surface, but this was really fun. And uh, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Hey, love it, man. I appreciate all you do for the dentistry, and uh, let's, uh, let's keep having fun with this podcast thing. Go out there, enjoy what's the dentistry. It's like, it's like a fun summer camp. It is. Summer camp for dentists. All right. If you guys, if you guys like what you're hearing on the show, uh, go out to iTunes. Leave me a review. Five stars and a review. Let the world know what we're doing. Any questions or comments, Alan, A-L-A-N, at the Alan Meat Experience. And thank you again for listening.